Coast to coast, nonstop action. This is the premier source for National Hockey League news. Scores, highlights, and the Anaheim Ducks. It's time to light the lamp with Alexis Downing. Welcome to another episode of Light the Lamp here on Duck Stream from the Paul Korea Studio. I am your host, Alexis Downey. Happy Friday. I hope you had a great week in this beautiful weather that we're having in Southern California right now. And the Ducks are back at home and hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight, that being Friday night. This matchup hits a little close to home for me as I was born in Pittsburgh, but raised in Youngstown, Ohio, just a short hour drive from Pittsburgh. So like I said, hits home for me and I'm excited for this one. It's a rematch from their game back in January when the Ducks fought back late in the game, but eventually fell in overtime. And now coming into this game tonight, Pittsburgh has quite a bit riding in their season right now as they are fighting for a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference right now. A very close and competitive conference between the Metropolitan and Atlantic Divisions. I will have more on the matchup later in today's episode with today's guest, but I also want to highlight some things that are happening with the Ducks right now. Heading into the weekend, the team is hosting their dads. It's the dad strip, and they were all at morning skate today ahead of the game tonight. A lot of them flew in yesterday, that being Thursday, or they flew in today. The guys had the day off on Thursday, so I had the chance to chat with Isaac Lundestrom this morning, and he told me that his dad, Peter, flew all the way from northern Sweden, probably the furthest flight of any of the dads that made it here. And they had the chance to golf a little bit yesterday, but his dad has a nine-hour time change, so that might be causing a little bit of fatigue. Another cool thing that the guys are doing with their fathers this weekend, they're heading to Vegas on Sunday for the game at noon, and then they're going to be watching the Super Bowl together there in Vegas. It's just such a special time to share with their fathers and really brings the whole team together. I love that teams around the NHL do this. I just think it's such a great tribute to the people that raised these guys and made them who they are today. Another last piece of news on the Ducks end that I want to get to. The Ducks did announce this morning, that being Friday morning, that they recalled goaltender Oli Erickson Eck from the San Diego Gulls and placed Troy Terry on injured reserve. Now, I've talked about it all throughout this week. Terry was injured during Anaheim's game on Monday in Dallas and did not appear in Tuesday night's game against Chicago. Since then, we hadn't heard much, so he has now been placed on the IR. And on the goalie side, Ole Eriksson-Eck being called up, like I mentioned, from the Gulls. He's appeared in 54 career American Hockey League games with the Gulls and has a 16-30-3 record with one shutout. This season alone, he's made 13 appearances with the team down in San Diego. So some good experience that Ole might be able to get while he's up here with the Ducks. Now let's go coast to coast to hear goal calls from around the NHL on Thursday night, beginning with the Tampa Bay Lightning and Colorado Avalanche game, a rematch of the 2022 Stanley Cup final. The Lightning getting the win in this one and shutting out the Avalanche 5-0. Brandon Hagel had two goals for Tampa Bay in this one. And one of those goals, he received a drop pass from Alex Kalorn and then put it in the back of the net as a part of the fourth goal on the night. The win extended the Lightning's home point streak to now 14 games. And you also have to credit goaltender Andre Vasilevsky 
who is 11-0 at Amelie Arena, dating back to December 10th of this season. Hear the call from David Mishkin of Hagel's Goal. Johnson right wing McKinnon. Short pass, Randman. Out to center ice. He's tripped by Hagel. No call. And Florin on a counter. Across the line for Hagel. Shoots! Score! Brandon Hagel. His third point tonight. The Avs are upset that there was a non-call on Hagel when he knocked down Randon. But the call was not made, and Hagel scores on the counter to make it 4-0. Next up, it was a sweet win for a couple of Vancouver Canucks players on Thursday when they downed the New York Islanders 6-5 at UBS Arena. A higher-scoring game it was, four goals alone in the first period between the two teams. Anthony Bavillier netted a goal in the third period on the power play as he tipped in Brock Besser's shot from up top. Bavillier playing against his former team in the Islanders. Another guy playing against his former team, Bo Horvat. He also netted one against his former team, and that one came in the second period. You can listen to the call of the goal by Bavillier by Brendan Batchelor. Circle for Hughes. Drops it back to Besser. Takes a long shot. He scores! It was tipped in front by Anthony Beauvillier. The former Islander makes it 6-4 with a power play goal against his former team. The icing on the cake for the Canucks as the former Islander gets the goal. And this was just a confident power play by the Canucks. Whipping the puck around, not giving up possession. And it finds his way back to Brock Besser near the point. And just a strong shot on net. And Bavillier in the middle of the ice, is his stick is not wrapped up. It's not taken away by Mayfield or Dobson for that matter. And he makes them pay. Another goal for the Canucks. And now they're in control of this one. In the final game, the Detroit Red Wings got it done on Thursday night in Detroit, beating the Calgary Flames 2-1. Detroit's goalie, Billy Huso, made 35 saves on the night with 15 of them coming just in the third period alone. And Philip Zadina worked a patient passing play with a two-on-one with Oscar Sundquist, who put it in the back of the net as a part of the winning goal. It was the first time Zadina was back in the lineup since early November, and it was his first goal of the season. Ken Cal has the call of Zadina's goal. And got the puck over the line. Here's Zadina moving in. Pass across. Sundquist to Zadina. Scores! Sedina with the go-ahead goal, and it's a two-to-one Red Wing lead early in the third. And one last thing to wrap up today's Coast to Coast. A big trade went down on Thursday when the St. Louis Blues sent Vladimir Tarasenko to the New York Rangers in exchange for forward Sammy Blay, prospect Hunter Skinner, and a conditional first-round pick in this year's NHL draft, and a fourth-round pick in the 2024 NHL draft. New York also received Nico Mikola, and St. Louis will retain 50% of Tarasenko's remaining salary. Now, this was a really big deal because it gives New York now a chance for more scoring depth in their lineup. Tarasenko has 29 points this season in the 38 games that he has played. And it's also interesting because there had been reported interest by the Rangers in Patrick Kane. And we know as we get closer to the trade deadline that Kane is a name that keeps on coming up. If you listen to my episode with John Bucci Gross on Wednesday, we talked a little bit about that as well. Make sure to check that out.
if you have not. Episode number 56 of Light the Lamp. But ultimately, the Rangers deciding on Tarasenko. And he spent the better part of 11 seasons in St. Louis. So a long time to be there. But he did say after the trade that he was very excited to be able to play at Madison Square Garden. New York is just a very highly sought after place for a lot of NHL players because of the big city, the big stage that they play on, and the very dedicated fan base that they have in New York. And for today's guest interview, we now welcome on Steve Mears, who gives some insight on the Pittsburgh Penguins this season ahead of their matchup in Anaheim tonight, heading into the weekend. Joining Light the Lamp now is Pittsburgh Penguins TV play-by-play broadcaster on AT&T Sportsnet, Steve Mears. Steve, thank you for joining us today. Appreciate you having me. Thanks a lot. It's good to be here in Orange County. It's been three years for us since we've made this trip out here. It's one of my favorites, so uh, we are thrilled to actually be here in person and uh, looking forward to the game. Have you been able to enjoy some of everything that Orange County has to offer since you've been here? A little bit. Uh, just practice day yesterday over at Honda Center, just walking around, enjoying the sunshine, getting out of the Pittsburgh gray sky, although it was nice yesterday. It was like 70 degrees apparently back home, but uh, just to be able to get away and uh, enjoy this beautiful weather here, that's pretty special. And uh the last time I was here, and this is all an inside joke with our broadcasting fraternity with the Penguins, I had a scooter accident in Los Angeles. Oh, I no. wiped out on one of those scooters <laughs> and broke a bone in my foot. I had never broken a bone in my life and uh, wiped out, hit a rut, and uh, was uh, on IR for a while. Didn't miss the game, but that the next game, the next day, was at Honda Center, which was the last time we were there. Mm. For a game, and I remember hobbling my way up in a boot to the press box, fighting my way through, trying to keep it elevated. Pretty bad pain, but I uh, was able to recover. And then within a couple of weeks, the whole world shut down because then uh, we had the the season on pause because of the pandemic. So uh, it was a crazy time, but uh, it's a it's a really good road trip for everybody, just getting out here and uh, enjoying it. And it's uh, they're all challenging games when you look at the the Ducks, a very competitive game we played them. Last month, the Kings tomorrow, and then the San Jose Sharks, who beat the Penguins just a couple of weeks ago. So it's not an easy trip. Well, stay off the scooters while you're out here, especially oh, when yeah. you go up to L.A. <laughs> I haven't been on one since. Don't worry. I haven't been on That's one good. since. That's so, good. That's uh, good. They make fun of me all the time. Every <laughs> every time we see one on the road, it's like, oh, watch out, Mears. Watch, watch out. <laughs> I'm sure the guys know that they're they're not getting anywhere near those either. <laughs> I, they, I'm surprised they do. And I unfortunately, I think we just heard someone just told me about an injury of uh, one of the Calgary Flames just yeah. like recently on one of those scooters. So like in all seriousness, uh, and I, actually when I went to the urgent care in, uh, it was Venice Beach over there in, uh, you know, when we were staying out in Santa Monica and it happened right in that area, mm-hmm. uh, the person at the urgent care, the nurse like this, we see people come in all the time, mm. all the time with these types of injuries. So uh, that's my public service announcement for everybody. Just maybe stay away or go at a very low speed if you're trying to get from point A to point B, which I was not doing. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind and probably stay away from them as well, too. But let's talk a little bit of hockey because I know it's been an interesting season for Pittsburgh this year, but they're coming off a really big win against the Colorado Avalanche this week. How much of a morale boost was that for the group? I think it was huge, and I thought I could feel it and hear it at practice yesterday. They were lively. They were having a great time, very vocal. And I I do think it would have been a different atmosphere had they lost that game. 
because they were badly outplayed for a couple of periods. It did not look good at all. Nathan McKinnon was a one-man wrecking crew out there. And uh, they find a way to win. Casey DeSmith was excellent. Clutch goal in overtime from Chris Letang. And you beat the defending Stanley Cup champions on home ice in the first game back after the break. So there were a lot of ramifications just with that one game and finding a way to win because there was so much talk about reset and they were sputtering a bit before the break. And then to come out and had they been badly outplayed and lost that game, I mean, that's a real morale uh, defeater there. I mean, that's a, that's going to be a lot of trouble for a team that uh, is older and, and you would think would come out of the break with a lot of energy and a lot of uh, refreshed players. But Colorado, they dominated the first two periods. Penguins were better in the third, got to their game. And as I said, Casey DeSmith, was uh, fantastic. So uh, I could feel it at practice yesterday. It was definitely an energized group. And I think they're happy to be out here back together on the road. And uh, they realize every one of these games, every single point now, this is how it's going to be. Six of the last game, eight games for the Penguins have gone to overtime. Mm. This is how it's going to be around the league and especially in the Eastern Conference among these teams. They're, you can't take a night off. Mm -hmm. We learned that with the Sharks game before the break. Had trouble against Anaheim last month and beat them in overtime. But uh, there's no easy night. And now with the positioning for the Penguins, where they're at in the Eastern Conference standings, you better be careful because now the Islanders have Bo Horvat. Buffalo was surging. Florida Panthers are playing well and climbing. So uh, the Penguins realize that these are crucial points here and you cannot take a night off. Has that core been leaders in the sense of being able to, you know, reciprocate that message to the younger guys on the team too? Yeah, I think it all starts with them. Uh, we always wonder about who have been the most consistent players for a team that's been inconsistent this year. Mm -hmm. Who are the guys who have been immune to that? And I think on defense, former Duck Marcus Pedersen is probably the guy who's been the most consistent defenseman for the Penguins. And as far as forwards go, there's no question. It's Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. They're the top two scorers on the team. They have led the way. Crosby was flying in practice yesterday. We watch mm -hmm. them all the time. And, you know, every time you see practice, and there, there might be a couple guys that stand out. Usually it's just like kind of your run-on-the-mill practice. But he was in kind of a beast mode yesterday mm -hmm. with the edge work and the moves he was making and just like having a fun time out there. So uh, it looks like he's really fired up for this one tonight. And uh, just consistency, it's been much of the same that we've seen over the last 17 years from both Crosby and Malkin. In the case of Malkin, I think a big part of it is that he's fully healthy. Last year, he was still trying to get back from mm -hmm. a pretty serious knee injury and uh, surgery. So now he's got his legs back. He looks dominant. And uh, he's been very consistent all season long. So, yeah, you got two players, Crosby at 60 points, Malkin at 50 points, top two scores on the team. Not that anybody would be surprised, but they've been <laughs> the top two and most consistent players. With Crosby being at All-Star Weekend, did he talk a little bit about how that went for him and just being in South Florida at all? Oh, sure, yeah. He uh, he really enjoyed it. I think he's realizing now, as he gets to the latter stages of his career, that you better enjoy these experiences. You better soak it all in because it does not last forever. And I think we should as well, as broadcasters and as fans and hockey fans. Uh, so I think he really enjoyed everything nice warm weather south florida he was a good sport was in the dunk tank and uh nico ranton and sent him into the water so uh yeah i think he's really enjoyed that embraced that as uh the face of the game which he's been now for a long time but i was really one thing that stood out for me and hearing from all the different players around the league is just the admiration that the other all-stars had and 
have had for a long time for Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. I mean, they were talking like phrases like living legends and, and they were just so thrilled. Hey, can I get a picture? And you see pictures like Crosby with the Kachuk brothers and <laughs> Troy Terry and all, like, all these other guys. I mean, it's almost like how he would have been around Steve Eiserman or Mario Lemieux or Wayne Gretzky. And now to see that circle of hockey life come around and, uh, and the reverence that these all-stars, by definition, all phenomenal players, they're there at the All-Star mm-hmm. Weekend. But to hear them speak so highly of Crosby and Ovechkin and what they've meant to the game and what they've meant to their individual careers, that was really cool for me to hear. Another one of those core guys is Chris Letang. And it's been a bit of a tough season for him being out for a bit this year. Um, how has he been in the locker room and just his mental state, you know, with the way the season has been for him. Yeah, it's been a tough season. Uh, the one thing with Chris Letang is he's dealt with a lot of adversity mm-hmm. throughout his entire career. Uh, I think it was Jim Rutherford, the former Penguin general manager now in Vancouver, who said that uh, life hits him pretty hard, harder than than others. There have been a lot of things that he's dealt with, uh, whether it was the first stroke or the serious neck injury that kept him out of the 2017 Stanley Cup run. And now this year he has a stroke. Luckily, it wasn't serious. They knew how to deal with it. And he didn't miss a whole lot of time, uh, much less of an unknown going in there. And then, unfortunately, right around the time of the Winter Classic, his father passes away. So a very tough season. And these guys are so close. I'm sure you've heard the story about the team flying up from Arizona to go to Montreal for them to all be there. Uh, for the funeral and the wake uh, for Chris Letang's father. Really emotional, the, that entire trip and, and the logistics that have go into that to make that happen unexpectedly. Kind of a last-minute decision, but the, they had to fly passports out to Arizona and they had mm-hmm. to arrange things across the border and hotels in Montreal and that sort of thing. But it was well worth it. And uh, to see the reaction for these guys, uh, they are brothers, especially the core guys. They've been together 17 years. Mm-hmm. So they are family. They, they're family. They're brothers. And you really saw that on display. So Latang, he's dealt with that adversity. He, he's done it spectacularly throughout his career. But I think really this season, great example, comes up with a clutch goal. It's his uh, fifth game back since uh, the absence. But he, I think he's gotten better and better. The minutes are big. And uh, he missed such a long amount of time. Mike Sullivan talked about it yesterday, is that He's such a a finely tuned machine. His conditioning is through the roof that uh, it takes a while to get back up to speed. And that's when he's at his best, and especially when you're logging 25 plus minutes like he usually is. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think the conditioning side of it is a big part of getting that timing back as well. And uh, I mean, in my book, he's a future Hall of Famer. And uh, I've just been so impressed with the way he's navigated this season with all the, the obstacles that he's faced. Someone else facing an obstacle recently, Tristan Jari in the net, but he was back out on the ice at practice yesterday. Uh, What has been the status with him in terms of maybe him coming back soon and how important that would be for the team? Yeah, he is the number one guy. There's no question to me. He is right there in that next tier. We all look at Vasilevsky at the top and Shesterkin with the season he had last year, this year, Linus Allmar, Connor Hellebuck have been great. Like That's the top tier of goaltending in the NHL. To me, Tristan Jari, when he's healthy, is right there, maybe in that next tier. Uh, because you look at the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Penguins, with Jari is healthy, as with him as the number one, I think they have better goaltending than Washington, Toronto, better goaltending than Buffalo, 
a lot of these teams that are right there in the mix in the Eastern Conference, uh, and I think Tristan Jari is better than a lot of the uh, top goaltenders on some of those squads. So uh, right now he's skating. Yesterday was really his full, first full practice with the team taking shots. So yeah, that's the first step, but at least he's back and uh, skating in a full capacity here. Dealt with a couple of injuries this season. We all remember last year he was hurt in the playoffs, came back in game number seven and was compromised. We found out in training camp this year, he wouldn't have even played in the second round had they won that game, which they almost did. Mm. He wouldn't have even been able to play. He mm. fought through that type of an injury, that lower body injury, just to get through game seven to give the Penguins a chance. And then he probably would have been rested for the next round in its entirety. So uh, he was certainly missed, as was Casey DeSmith in the playoffs last year. But uh, you miss that presence in goal, calming presence. He has that type of personality. And I think the team feeds off of that. You have to have that in goal. You can't have a chaotic goaltender in this sport. There's got to be that calm demeanor. And also his puck handling. I think he's one of the better puck handling goaltenders in the NHL. So uh, he's a big part of the breakouts and, and getting that offense going. So. Uh, yeah, he, that has certainly been missed. Luckily, though, for the Penguins, they've got Casey DeSmith coming off of maybe his best game of the season. Two of his last three games have been spectacular, 40-plus saves. Now, tonight, it's a big game for him because he's trying to build off of that. He's another one of these guys. The buzzword was consistency coming out of the break for the Penguins. It's probably best exemplified by Casey DeSmith because it's been win one, great game, and then give up five and lose. It can't be win-lose. Uh, just alternating good, bad performances. He's looking for consistency. So I think this is a big one for him tonight. Who has been someone else on the team this season that has impressed you in particular? Well, I mentioned Marcus Pedersen. I think, uh, and I, I know Ducks fans will remember him from his earlier days, the second round pick of Anaheim 2014. Uh, he's been fantastic, incredibly consistent. Uh, bounce back season for him. He, he struggled at times last year. So uh, we've been really impressed with Marcus Patterson. He's been a pleasant surprise. And uh, I'm going to bring up a guy. I know we're talking uh, Anaheim a lot here today, but I think I'd answer it either way. Ricard Raquel has been outstanding and he's contributed. He just has done a lot of different things. Uh, I didn't realize he was as well-rounded a player until he came to Pittsburgh, but uh, defensively responsible and a uh, pretty good passer. I just thought of him mostly as a goal scorer and a good power play guy. He was with Anaheim, but I had some great 30-goal season, of course, with the Ducks. But uh, just overall, the stick skills and the creativity. And I've been really impressed with Ricard Raquel this year. I see why the Penguins wanted to lock him up to the uh, six-year deal. He's not that old. And uh, I mean, 29 years old, so he's right there in his the prime of his career. I think he's on pace for 30 plus goals again here this season. He's been great with either Crosby or Malkin. Doesn't matter what line you put him on. So I think now seeing him from training camp on last year was just kind of a flash in the pan. He's acquired at the deadline, but uh, to see him in a full capacity here in a lot of different roles, I've been extremely impressed. How is Raquel feeling heading into the game tonight? His first return back to Honda center. Yeah, he's excited. I know he's got a lot of friends on that other side. I was talking with Cam Fowler today. He said that their their wives are close and uh, was complimenting his uh, abilities as a chef, which I didn't know. I, I knew he liked yes. to cook, but I didn't know he was very detailed yep. and uh, very advanced. I mean, this is like the advanced <laughs> class. So I got to ask him about that next time. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's really excited, really fired up. And I know everybody from Dallas Aikens to Cam Fowler to Silverberg and uh 
Uh, I know Hampus Lindholm with Boston now. They, they just talk so highly of Ricard Raquel and other players in that Anaheim dressing room today. So uh, it, it, I know it's going to be special for him coming back here. And I know the, the Ducks fans appreciated what he did in his time here. And just hearing Dallas Aikens talk, and one of the first things you mentioned was just the charity and, and the work in the community, which mm-hmm. is really important in growing the game here in this area. So uh, that's another aspect of it that uh, goes beyond just the hockey. I'm just happy for him. And uh, he's a great guy to talk to. I always enjoy talking because he, he gives you an answer. He gives mm. you an actual <laughs> answer. It's not just the hockey cliches and like just kind of the usual lines and just like, you know, get, get away from me. It's, it, he really actually takes time mm-hmm. to think about the question and then to answer it. And he might even give you something that's kind of maybe a little, not like he's not divulging any secrets, but he will give you some detail that you mm-hmm. didn't know. You'll learn something when you talk to Ricard Raquel. So uh, I think it's fascinating and uh, just a, a pleasure to have in Pittsburgh. Well, obviously the two teams have played each other already this season going back to January, but heading into tonight's game between the Ducks and Penguins, what are you expecting to see? It's a good one. I I don't know what to expect because uh, I'm still trying to figure out what is this Penguins team? I mean, mm-hmm. we're all wondering what what team is is this? What what is their identity? Who are these guys? Because they have a run of 14, two and two in an 18 game stretch a couple of months ago. And they beat Winnipeg and Dallas and the Rangers. And, and uh, you're thinking this is a cup contender. And then down the stretch going into the break, they kind of win, lose, win, lose, almost lost against the ducks. Not a great law, not a great performance at all against San Jose. So uh, that's why Mike Sullivan and everybody was talking about consistency. So uh, from a night to night basis, I really don't know what to expect. But I think tonight we're going to see much of what we saw last month in, with the meeting in Pittsburgh, just kind of back and forth. I think the Ducks get fired up to play the Penguins. I was talking with Mason McTavish earlier today, and uh, he talked about how he was a huge Penguin fan growing up. Yep. I mean, had the jerseys and <laughs> big Crosby fan, and he rattled off all these classic Penguin moments. And he sounded like me, guys, like a <laughs> lifelong Penguin fan. It's like me talking about Mario and the Auger in the mm-hmm. 90s. Like He knew everything. So uh, I think they get fired up. We do see that when we go to to face teams that are on the younger side more often than not. Now it's like, oh, I grew up a Crosby fan. I grew up a Latang fan. It's a thrill to play against these guys. So I think uh, players get fired up. The Ducks will be for that reason. But also, as I saw at the morning skate today, it's the dad's trip. It is. The dads are in town. <laughs> so that is also one of the reasons why players just take it to another level. We've seen that on, with the Penguins and with other teams. That when the dads are in attendance, it gives them a little extra boost. So uh, I think the Penguins have their hands full tonight. Steve Mears, thank you for joining us here on Light the Lamp. And we'll see you at the game. Yeah, looking forward to it. Great to be with you. Keep up the great work. We'll see you then. Thank you. And it's time for my final quack for this episode, where I share my last thoughts before the end of the show and the end of the week. In this case, the Anaheim Ducks will hit the road for a game in Vegas on Sunday as a part of Super Bowl Sunday. It's an early noontime puck drop, and you can catch the call of the game right here on Duck Stream with Steve Carroll and Dan Wood. Thank you for listening to Light the Lamp. As always, I am Alexis Downey. Come back again next week for more hockey talk right here on Duckstream. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duckstream.